Uh, speaking of moral dilemmas in video games, baseball. It has no moral dilemmas. to you pre-recorded during what we're generously going to refer to as the pre-Blaseball season. This is, this is a cultural event, a Blaseball recap podcast. I'm your host, Evan Saft. My pronouns are they, them. Joining me as always is your other host, Eli. Hello, everybody. My name is Eli Lee, and my pronouns are also they, them. Lee, how are you doing this week? Well, Evan, uh, before I get into my usual pre-recap tangent, I've got I've got a very exciting announcement to make. And oh shit! I posted about this on Twitter, but I also wanted to make an announcement on the podcast itself. I've officially joined the one percent. Excuse me. I I am a member of the upper class bourgeoisie, my friend, because. Raymond Animal Crossing has moved to my island. Oh no! That's right, after over 300 days of gameplay, I finally have the internet's most coveted cat twink living on my island. Now, now I, I believe to move into to relevant news from this week and not necessarily when this will come out, that Raymond's has appreciated quite a bit more than the stock market <laughs> recently. Invest in Raymond's, my friends. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I will tell you, though, in our, our new post-pandemic COVID world, walking into an animal villager's house and seeing that it is just one giant office that he lives in does hit different. Wait, okay, so I I played Animal Crossing for, like, maybe a month before ADD Brain just didn't allow it anymore. Yeah. I did not see Raymond. The character that everyone was getting so amped up over is just an office worker. Yes. It's just a salary man. It's yes. Uh here we go. I'm going to send you a picture of Raymond. I'm I'm aware what Raymond looks like. And now I'm going to show you his house. I I uh, This it doesn't even look like a good office. No, it doesn't. I I've worked in offices that have that kind of carpeting before and it's not good. No, it's the f- it's the frickin' tile carpet that's there, so if you spill on one of them, you can easily replace it. My man's got Lego carpeting in his house. This is not like an S-tier villager, if I may be so bold. Oh my goodness. This is the office that a startup hopeful makes their studio apartment into. I tempt in this office. <laughs> that chair- oh my goodness. This is who- people latched onto this shill this corporate shill you know i was right i was right there with you up until i spent five nook miles tickets and there he was on a deserted island i wasn't even searching for a new villager for that long this took me 15 minutes 
Well, I look forward to hearing about all the DMs you're going to get. <laughs> you're just going to get inundated with demanding that you release him. Yep, and Evan, when the revolution comes and I am beheaded for my position in the upper class of society, I hope that you at least get to behead me. I uh, want a friend to do it. Fair, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll... And this is important. After my head gets cut off in the guillotine, you need to hold it up and say you dropped this, King. <laughs> uh, do I get to toss it to a child? Yeah! Ah, oh, yes, all right. I'm not using it at that point. Fucking get, get some air on that thing. <laughs> so, I dread to ask, but if this is not <laughs> your your pre-Blaseball news for the week, what is? Well, I, I was originally going to start talking about investing in cryptocurrency because of what happened with GameStop, but I figured that the, the window between that happening and the window for this episode being released was just too wide. Plus, you don't want to get investigated by the SEC. Yeah, also also true. I would not like the feds to come after me because of the financial advice that I give on the Blaseball podcast. Anything <laughs> else is fair game. <laughs> so, another very exciting piece of news is that Kong vs. Godzilla is coming out. Or Godzilla vs. Kong. I forget the exact... It's Godzilla vs. Kong. Godzilla gets top billing. Come on. <sighs> Godzilla gets top billing on a technicality. <laughs> okay. Godzilla gets top billing because G comes first in the alphabet. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. It's, it's not the storied history. That's it. That's the reason why. Anyway, so I figured I would share, because you're the baseball expert, mm -hmm. I figured that I would share a little, a little bit of trivia about primates and gorillas before we get started, because that's like a, a blanket interest of mine. I studied primatology in college before I switched over to English. So I was watching the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong, and then I also watched Kong Skull Island, which is a fairly uh, satisfying movie, if not especially groundbreaking. And uh, something very interesting stuck out to me about the way that Kong walks and moves. So Everybody thinks that King Kong is a gorilla and he's just big, and I'm here to tell everybody that that's wrong, because King Kong walks like a human being. And King Kong is also capable of overhanding things, as we saw in Kong Skull Island, when he threw a palm tree through the windshield of a helicopter like it was a spear, which was extremely fucking dope. So, what I would like to posit is... My money is on Kong in Godzilla vs. Kong because, specifically, King Kong has ass cheeks. I'm sorry, what? King Kong's got cake. King Kong is caked up. Cake Kong. You're saying King Kong is thick? Yes. You're saying King Kong got that badunkadunk? Yes, King Kong's got that junk. I'm sorry, you're saying that King Kong could back that ass up? Yes, and in fact, Will is my prediction. So if you look at gorillas, like if you look at actual gorillas and actual chimpanzees and orangutans and any other primate that's not a human being, they have, and I don't mean to be judgmental because I think everybody is beautiful, but they've got Hank Hill asses. They've got just little, little shriveled fucking butt cheeks on the backs of their situation. And the reason that human beings were able to climb our scrawny bodies up to the top of the evolutionary pyramid is because 
we were able to walk upright, which means that we have more developed back muscles to let us stand upright. And those back muscles also led into our shoulder muscles, which allowed us to throw spears and trade stocks and build houses and create agriculture and capture deers that we could eat and get enough protein to ferment the building of our large primate brains. So... What does this mean for King Kong? Does this mean that King Kong has the intelligence of a man? Now, Lee, I want to posit a theory for you. Yes. Because you're saying that King Kong walks like a man. Yes. That King Kong throws like a man. Yes. Is it possible that our entire way of looking at kaiju films is incorrect and that King Kong in fiction is in fact an extremely large man in a gorilla suit. Evan, I think you might be onto something here. <laughs> I would also like to say that uh, Beauchamp has joined the podcast. He just jumped up on my, my desk. Beauchamp has very strong kaiju opinions. Just can't believe that Gamera didn't get over more than Godzilla. Beauchamp is a little bit like a kaiju. So yes, that's my my fun digression into the King Kong v Godzilla meta. My other my other established canon aside from the fact that King Kong has the ass of a man which allowed him to grow so large and powerful is that King Kong and Godzilla are married. Mm. Mhm. They're two single fathers who found love on the battlefield. King Kong has a son? Daughter. Oh. In the Godzilla versus Kong trailer, there's a little girl who's capable of communicating with Kong. Oh, okay. And We're Godzilla not... has Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, and Godzuki. We don't talk about Godzuki. We he's talk about se- Godzuki. He's got several children. He's got Godzilla Jr., I think. He's got baby Godzilla. There's a couple of, like, small small Godzillas running around. And then there's Millie Bobby Brown, who's his adopted daughter. He's got all the egg creatures from the, like, 1999 Godzilla. Yeah, he's got all of his egg babies from the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. He's got all those frozen monstrosities from the end of Shin Godzilla. Spoilers. Yeah. He's got, like, all of those little, like, human guys coming out of his tail. Like, I think that Godzilla vs. Kong may be a backdoor pilot for a kaiju take on a Cheaper by the Dozen franchise. (laughs) Now, now I have one more theory before we get into Blaseball, finally. Sure. Which is that Godzilla, now that we're going through it, how many children Godzilla has, is Godzilla Mormon? Much to consider. (laughs) All right, all right. So, <laughs> folks, don't worry. We are going to get into baseball this week. And in fact, we are probably getting the closest to our normal episodes with the content of this week. Because while we are still in a period between baseball, while we have covered all of the regular seasons of baseball happening up until this point, what we haven't gone over is... Some baseball that happened over the Grand Siesta. Yes! I am referring to, of course, the Coffee Cup Exhibition Tournament. Sponsored by Yes Please Coffee. Who are not sponsoring us, but, I mean, hey, you could. You could, Yes Please. If you want to send me a bag of coffee, I'll review it on air. (laughs) I'll eat the beans while I'm mic'd. Ooh, (laughs) that's a dare. All right. (laughs) You heard it here first, Yes Please Coffee. But... 
the Coffee Cup Exhibition Tournament announced a little bit after the beginning of the Grand Siesta. The Coffee Cup Exhibition Tournament is a series of matches occurring over a series of weeks. There was one round every single week to give us just that sweet infusion of baseball that we needed during the dark months of winter. But this, it wasn't our standard teams that we saw. I, I should note that going into it, it was announced that we didn't need to worry. There was, there was no chance that uh, there would be anything permanent happening during this. There was no chance of, of players, you know, leaving the game. We, we wouldn't be saying goodbye to any of our, of our favorites during this exhibition tournament. But we also learned that this was going to be uh, much like in, in the way of, a, of an all-star playoff, that new teams were going to be formed. So going into our Coffee Cup tournament, we actually we see eight new teams largely made up of existing players, but uh, a couple new ones, we'll, we'll get into that. And that, much as you might expect from the name, these teams are largely divided based on coffee preference. We have, and uh, I'll actually, I'll go through them all. We have the Atletico Latte, motto Ooh. teamwork makes the steam work, which was, of course, players who prefer lattes. A reminder, when we got our interviews, when we got interviews way back in season two, end of season two, we, we got a bunch of stats for players, including their preferred coffee type. We have the Cold Brew Crew, Blaseball Go Burr, which are players that prefer cold brew. Cream and Sugar United. There's no I in cream or sugar for players that prefer cream and sugar. I'm sorry, I need to interrupt. There's no I in cream is <laughs> such a good fucking joke. That's like the perfect, like, baseball pun. It just hits, just dead, dead center, bullseye. Continue. The Milk Proxy Society, not milk. Which, for players that prefer milk substitute, the FWXBC, or the Flat White X Blaseball Club, we forfeit! Players that prefer flat whites, Macchiato City, we don't sleep, we can't sleep, players that prefer Macchiato, the Club Decaf, Moo, players that prefer Decaf, Light and Sweet Electric Company, Power Up! For players that prefer light and sweet, the Americano Waterworks, water down. The players that prefer Americanos, and just sniping Americano drinkers right there. Heavy FC. Lee, this is where you should insert a foghorn sound for their motto. For players that prefer heavy phone, Inter Expresso. We've got a shot. Lee, you want to take a guess at uh, the type of coffee that these people prefer? Um, I would like to say that they probably prefer a nice chamomile tea. Mm, they actually prefer coffee? Really? <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of tea drinking representation in this this exhibition. Well, it's coffee type. And our last of our, our teams that are made up of standard players, the Royal POS. Oh, sweet. This, of course, being players that prefer plenty of sugar. What were you thinking? Then we have four... Special teams, the first of this being the BC Noir, which drink in darkness. This is a team for players that prefer black coffee. Now, notably, black coffee is not a standard coffee type 
for players in baseball, black coffee is the default coffee type that is assigned to players before they get an actual coffee type. As opposed to the players who prefer flat white, which is just people who have dated me. <laughs> this team is also unique in that it only has two players on it. One hitter and one pitcher. Those being Liquid Friend, hitting, and Uncle Plasma, pitching. These players also both have the hard-boiled attribute. Like eggs. Yes, notably, <laughs> the hard-boiled modification just says this player was boiled a little bit before hatching. Notably, we don't see this attribute actually do anything, and this, this modification is actually a reference to an in-joke on the Discord. So there is a, there is a tendency that we, we saw over the last several seasons of Blaseball for fans of Blaseball to make propaganda for what perks, what blessings their team should get. And there was a trend for players, I believe, of the Yellowstone Magic. I might have gotten that slightly wrong. It might have been the Hellmouth Sunbeams. I get it confused a little, and I did not do my research for this tiny note. But there was a series of propaganda endorsing for a team to get the blessing of Hot Egg to make uh, all detectives hard-boiled. <laughs> I'm so glad that this was going in the direction of a detective joke. <laughs> This, of course, this blessing did not exist at the time, but this, this, this modification does exist now. We'll see how this team works out. It's, it's a little interesting. Then we get into three teams that represent people outside of baseball players. First, we get the Pandemonium Artists, Paint the Town Dead, which is made up of references to fan artists as well as artists OCs. OC's original characters do not steals becoming literal Blaseball characters. People's Blasonas became canon for the Pandemonium artists. And normally you have to perform at least two miracles to get canonized, so this is very <laughs> big news. Yeah. Also, all the Pandemonium artists have the modification of well-rested. Well-rested allows them that when the player loses the tired modification, we'll get into that later, they swap to a player in the shadows. Uh, we also see that Pandemonium artists have an extremely large roster in the shadows to just to just to give everyone like a good chance to to get some nice shout-outs to, to artists in the community. The second of these special teams is the Society Data Witches, Derive the Stars, which is a reference to the wonderful community of Cyber or Cyber, the Society for Internet Blaseball Research, basically the stat heads of Blaseball, the folks who make wonderful utilities like Reblaze, which I use for going back to look at history, people who write fucking white papers on Blaseball. Ah, oh, now you're speaking my language. People who do heavy statistical analysis on this wonderful, stupid game. Notably, the players on this team, while not direct references to, to people in the community, does have some fun, you know, oh, computer jokes like Polka Dot Matrix but also are references to statistics in the community or our tools like Beans Replace or Games Per Game. But also, in what will be the beginning of a series of direct attacks on the statistical community, 
Names like strike comma looking, which is notable because there are tools that the community has set up to capture the ongoings of baseball games and, you know, take record of it. Notably, a lot of these tools rely on text parsing because there's not a published endpoint that gives you direct statistics going on. So a lot of what these tools that the, the community has made are doing are taking the stream of text of games, like where it might say that player strike looking, strike literal text, strike comma looking to indicate that a player got a strike and now has made that a player name. Basically just trolling, just trolling, game ban just trolling. Speaking of, our final team. Our final team is the real game band. The real game band is uh, composed of representations of the dev team, some key community members, the keepers or mods on Discord, and the current commissioner at that point, Parker McMillan the Fourth. Oh, that's right, good old Parker. Well, Parker McMillan the Fourth. All these players have the observed modifier. The observed modifier reads that this player is being observed carefully. So those are our teams. Those are our teams for the Coffee Cup Tournament. I Oh, I forgot to mention the uh, Society Data Witches. They also have the Affinity for Crows modifiers, which notably the original blessing to grant Affinity for Crows was sponsored by Cyber. So just a, just a fun little in-joke there. Ooh, crow lore. Yeah, lore. <laughs> Sponsorship lore. But yes, these 16 teams are set to play against each other, and we enter round one of the Coffee Cup Tournament. Now, the fun part of this happening over four weeks is that we start getting mechanical complexity layered on right away. Oh, I love mechanical complexity. That's one of my favorite euphemisms. Oh, Lee, because... Well, because quite frankly, the Coffee Cup Tournament might as well just have, might have been, uh, just dis been described as an attack on math. Yes! <laughs> Finally, we have someone here to fucking take math down a peg. So, during the first round, we see a new weather, which plays over every game, the weather type being coffee. Mm. During coffee weather, hitters will occasionally get beaned. By certain types of coffee. Notably, there are uh, there are a lot of coffee descriptions, which, if you read them, would make you thirsty for some nice coffee, which will make them either wired or tired. Excellent. These modifications get removed at the end of every game. Wired, when a run scores, each wired player involved in the play, meaning the scoring base runner, the current batter or current current pitcher, will make the run worth. 0.5 runs more. Similarly, tired is the opposite. When a run scores, each tired player involved in the play will make the run worth 0.5 less. Meaning that your runs have a potential to actually be worth a maximum, if I'm doing my math correctly, of 2.5 runs rather than one run, or the absolute worst they could do is that one run could actually be minus 0.5 runs. All my life, I had no idea that I was just functioning under the baseball modifier of tired. <laughs> That's a lie, I did know it. It's called clinical depression, folks. 
So yes, we've we've gone past games per game and entered into runs per run. Uh, <clears throat> also, during this first round, we see something particular happen to the real game band as just the real game band. We only see this for the real game band. Occasionally over the course of this first round, we get messages that follow along the lines of the saucer descends. A given player percolated by the tractor bean. Percolated players are given the modification of percolated, which is this player has been fully and completely percolated. This removes them from the game and they disappear. Notably, this ends up over the course of the of the first round, eventually affects the entirety of the real game band's pitchers, and they are assigned a new pitcher of Electric Kettle as their new sole pitcher. Excellent. We also get a special message for when the saucer percolates oops all keepers, the player that was a gestalt being to represent all of the mods on Placeball's Discord that specifically Oops All Keepers was fired into outer space so that the game band didn't kill their moderators in-game. Physically, I'm here. Mentally, percolated. And finally, on game five, we see as Parker McMillan the fourth is percolated, well, the, <laughs> the Placeball account goes the Twitter account goes dark for a while, much as it did for the third, and is eventually replaced by Parker McMillan the fifth. Evan, I have a question for you. <laughs> yes. Do you do you think that they're just growing Parker McMillans in tubes somewhere? Like you remember oh. how the end of the the first season of Venture Brothers, there was the revelation that Hank and Dean have actually died like hundreds of times, and their dad just keeps growing new Hanks and Deans in tubes as like replacements. <laughs> do you think that there's like a a Doctor Thaddeus Venture out there just growing? Legions of Parker's Macmillan. Lee, I wish I could just continue into your joke, but that is literally the leading theory <laughs> about Parker's. That is that is quite literally what most people are thinking. That not necessarily that there are Parker's in tubes, but yes, yes, Lee, that is that is what a lot of people, including myself, believe in, like, the core idea of. Well, I don't want to be derivative then. I'm going to say that they're growing them on trees somewhere. There you go. Well, we do know that uh, that baseball players are grown in the egg field, or are hatched from the egg field. Oh, so maybe the Parkers are being grown in a cabbage patch. There you go. <laughs> But going down the record of, of games for the first round, the Atletico Latte defeat the Cold Brew Crew 3-2, three, three games to two. Cream and Sugar United are swept by the Society Data Witches. The Milk Proxy Society sweeps the Royal POS. The FWXBC goes 3-1, to one, defeating the Pandemonium Artists. The Real Game Band loses 2-3 to three to Macchiato City Club de Caf. Defeats the Lighten Sweet Electric Co. Three games to two. The American Waterworks loses to Inter Expresso. Three to two. And Heavy FC sweeps the BC Noir. Notably, we did get to see one fun thing during the BC Noir. We don't get to see it continue, but remember BC Noir only had two players? Whenever a player was up to bat for the BC Noir, it was just another instance of Liquid Friend. 
Fantastic. We were just, there was just, you know, you'd have Liquid Friend on base and Liquid Friend hitting and it was wild, but they, they got beat by a uh, heavy FC. So another week happens and we enter into the second round where we introduce a new weather called Coffee 2. Oh, the sequel. Now, Coffee 1 can still occur. There are still uh, tired and wired players, but also... We see during Coffee 2 weather, hitters have a chance of being poured over and gaining the free refill modifier, which grants them a free refill. How a free refill works is that if a player who has the free refill scores, they will refill an in, which cancels out an out. I believe that this also grants them some kind of subscription to Panera Bread. Oh, man, I want some Panera Bread now. I don't know why. Like, Panera Bread is, like, just slightly above fast food. But, yeah, but it's been... Panera Bread's fast casual. Yeah, but it's been so long since I've gotten food <laughs> that wasn't, like, delivery. Like, even just the idea of going into a Panera Bread and getting a fucking salad is is dreamland. There's a Panera Bread that's right by my apartment, so every once in a while, I will order Panera Bread and just pick it up on my way home. Or Evan will order it for me from Long Island, and then I will pick it up on my way home. <laughs> which is a very sweet gesture. I highly recommend it to any of our listeners. Get your partner Panera Bread. Buy your partner Panera Bread from a different state. They'll love it. But yes, the, the free refills, you get ins, ins cancel outs. Uh, once you get three outs, an, an inning becomes an outing and turns over. Also, unruns are physical objects. Notably, I don't have the record for when this exactly occurs, but this means that we get to see a new record eventually as the FWXBC gets to break the record of ins per inning as they use eight outs before an inning becomes an outing. <laughs> Evan, this game's stupid. <laughs> this dumb game? This game's so dumb, Evan. Uh, so our record for this second round, the Atletico Latte lose to the Society Data Witches 3-2. The Flat White X Baseball Club takes it 3-1 over the Milk Proxy Society. Club de Calf goes 3-2 over Macchiato City. And Heavy FC loses to Inter Expresso 3-2. Another week passes, and we get... To the third round with a new weather! Lee, you wanna guess what this weather is? Birds 3. It- ooh, that would have been nice to see, but no, it is Coffee 3! Nuts. <laughs> no! Oh my goodness. So, Coffee 3, which causes pitchers, can occasionally can chug a third wave of coffee, notably, much like the third wave of Ska, a, 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 the third wave of coffee definitely causes you to pick it up because uh, players who chug a third wave of coffee become a triple threat. Oh, man. Lee, get ready for some math. Oh, boy. Didn't we get rid of that? What the fuck? No, this is the, this is the attack on math because a pitcher's strike, a triple threat pitcher's strikeout will cause unruns when there are three runners on base, a runner on third, or three balls in the count. Each condition that is met is worth 0.3 unruns. At the end of the third inning, there is a 33% chance that this mod will disappear. So I'm sorry, I got a, I got a little ahead of myself announcing that unruns were physical objects because here we have learned that unruns runs exist 
and yes, that they are physical objects that a pitcher can generate once they have chugged the third wave of coffee. So do you just pick up an unrun and just whip it at someone's head? Well, you generate an unrun. Let me see if I can't find the the explicit... I'm sorry, if I didn't, if I got this slightly wrong. Once you pitch a strikeout, it generates an unrun. Ah. <laughs> Which, of course, cancel out part of a run. <laughs> so, so again, the the coffee cup truly just really an attack on any, any statisticians who are trying to follow this. As you are getting varying amounts of runs per run, a varied amount of outs per inning, <laughs> and now the ability... <laughs> runs to be cancelled out by unruns. Oh, goodness. Our record for this, the third round, the semi-finals, the FWXBC sweeps the Society Data Witches, and the Inter-Expresso sweeps the Club de Caf. You know, I think it's interesting that the, um, what was it, XW... FWXBC. The the FWXBC. I find it very impressive that they're doing all of this, considering that they were born to Elon Musk and Grimes, like, what, a couple years ago? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It would have been, this would have been a funnier joke if I had figured it out when you would initially introduce the team, but I didn't, so you're gonna have to live with it. Yes, so going into our finals, we have the outside teams made up of non-core baseball players have been eliminated. Going into our coffee cup finals, we have the Flat White X Baseball Club and the Inter Expresso. Now, I, I... I'd like to give some gravitas to this, but we've been going on a while, and uh, there's actually no new mechanics introduced in the finals. A week passes, and we just live with the wildness of coffees one, two, and three. Isn't that nice when things just don't happen for a week? Remember what that was like? (laughs) And over the course of three games... First, the Expresso take a game, 11.4 to 4.7. Then, the Expresso take the next game, 3 to 2. And then in the final game, Expresso, 8.7 to 2. The Expresso are your coffee cup champions. They are congratulated by the coin. And we see that each player on the Inter-Expresso are granted the perk of perked. Huh. So they're just like a little bit more alert. Like they, they had like the 3 p.m. blahs at their desk, but then they ate a bag of almonds and sort of like were able to sort of snap to attention. Yes. Uh, well, so the perk modification reads, this player has been rewarded with percolated energy. We don't know what that means yet, if it means anything at all. It's energy that's been percolated. Yep. And they've been rewarded with it. But that brings to the close the Coffee Cup Exhibition Tournament. You know, there's there's no election. There's just there's just the wildness that happened uh, as, as uh, statisticians pulled their hair out, as site builders scrambled to handle the hell that the game ban unleashed as then. And, uh, you know, they're the rise of Parker McMillan V, who I should note... I should note, just as we saw in the tarot cards, does not use IV, it uses five fucking eyes. They're doing that specifically to make you angry. 
100%. But Lee, that's, uh, that's the coffee cup. You have, any, you have any questions on it? Yeah, so you said that nothing that happened in the coffee cup was binding, but are we gonna keep Parker McMillan the fifth? Oh yeah, Parker McMillan the fifth is now the official presence on the Blaseball Twitter. Okay, so we- nothing in the coffee cup stuck except for the death of Parker McMillan the fourth. <laughs> just may- I just need to establish that. Everything off the books- Totally for fun, no pressure, except this guy did die. Yes, uh, well, so so I believe that, you know, I, I didn't go up and look exactly how this is worded, but technically, there were no stat changes for existing baseball players. Ah, uh, but death is the ultimate stat change. <laughs> you know- Of course, Parker's not a baseball player, so fuck that guy, whatever. <laughs> CEO Prime Minister Parker McMillan IV uh, was percolated, is gone. Oops, all keepers is in space. Notably, I did check. Um, There is no indication of oops, all keepers being on Blaseball 2 with the crabs. The crabs are very high up, but apparently oops, all keepers are not there with them. We'll remember you, oops, all keepers. (laughs) Shine on, you crazy diamond. And, uh, yeah... Like, I don't even know to ask you what, what, what would you, you know what, Lee, what I'm going to ask you is not what you're hoping to see in the next season of baseball. What would you hope to see were a different exhibition tournament to happen? Because I feel like that's, that's a good spot for creativity for you. What, what is your dream exhibition tournament? Oh, if we got like a, oh, my own dream exhibition tournament. Oh, you know, there's so many options. Um, I would love to see like a dog themed dream exhibition tournament. That's like, that's probably like the most basic bitch answer I could come up with. I would love a, a tournament themed after like the classifications of different mountain ranges. That would be fun because then you could drop mountains on people. <laughs> So my my actually I want I want to zoom in on that first one because my question is are we talking like a tournament focused like the Westminster Dog Show or like the Puppy Bowl? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I was mostly thinking about the team names being like fun puns on dogs, but I like yours better. I mean, someone's got to win best in show. <laughs> I think that it would be absolutely great if we could get Jalen Hot Dog Fingers running an agility course. <laughs> And well, we have Mike Townsend being bribed with little slices of hot dogs, so he stands still for the judges. Maybe, maybe we'll see that. Maybe Blaseball will do a special Thanksgiving entry this year or for the Super Bowl. We'll see. I will say, I will say, my one non-negotiable on that is that all of the Blaseball players have to be wearing those ugly outfits that they always wear in the Westminster Dog Show. I will not be satisfied until I see people wearing skirted pantsuits with the shoulder pads, <laughs> with like those those horrible like loafers that they wear. And I want there to be one point of controversy where someone shows up wearing shoes that are like vaguely stylish, like a two to three inch high heel on there. Because that's that's a no-no. This is this is a, a dog show, not a cat house. <laughs> well, until that day. I've been Evan Saft. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NamesEquip. Uh, you can find both me and Eli on another podcast rollout playing a Queer as Fuck Mask campaign. And, Lee, you want to take it from here? 
Yes, as always, my name has been Eli Lee. You can find me on Twitter at It's Hamhawks. And until next time, don't get percolated. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the garages for letting us use their song, and I mean all gods, as our theme. You can find more music that they've written about baseball at thegarages.bandcamp.com.